Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Muslim Birth World. In this series of podcasts, we will be exploring recounts and interviews and monologues. To start with today, I'm going to be reflecting on a clubhouse group that I had earlier today on the topic of Muslim identity. So to start it off, let's begin with some stats. In March 2018, exactly four years ago to the month, it was recorded that the UK's Muslim population was 3 million in the 2011 census. But it was estimated in 2017 to be 4.1 million, or 6.3% of the population. Almost half of that population are under the age of 24, and one-third are under 15, making Muslims the fastest-growing group among young Britons. 85% of that population said that they felt they belonged to Britain. It was predicted in 2018 that by 2020 the real figure would be 7%. The best estimate is about 7% of the UK population will be Muslim by 2020. That was the then estimation. What it is now, we will have to wait and see. The religion of London. What is the religion of London? How does the population of London identify According to a survey with Trust for London, the results were that people found themselves to be 24.9% no religion, 14.4% said they were Muslims, 5.3% identified as Hindu and 1.8% Jewish. And furthermore, according to The Guardian, about 5,000 British people convert to Islam or revert to Islam every year, mostly women. And according to The New York Times, 25,000 Americans convert to Islam every year. This really highlights how much of the UK identify as Muslim and the stats I've just mentioned don't take into consideration the global perspective. So the burning question now, what does it mean to identify as Muslim? This increase in the division and far-right politics and growing Islamophobia in Britain poses new challenges for Muslim advocacy and particularly for organisations. British Muslim activism has taken centre stage in the public sphere as a result We can no longer be quiet about the national and global factors which have been and are influencing British Muslims and spurring them and us into Muslim activists or into becoming Muslim activists, no matter the field. We can observe the changes of thought, perception and misconceptions regarding Muslim identity since, for example, 9-11, 7-11 bombings and the recent and current conflicts and genocides places and countries like Syria, Philistine, Rohingya and elsewhere. As I mentioned previously, earlier today I hosted my weekly Diversity Doulas Clubhouse group and it prompted discussion around the subject of freedom of expression and freedom of choice, freedom in general really. But in particular it was reference to our dress code as Muslim women. 
This is what seems to create the most controversy as we enter outside, you know, in the outside world. So the fact that why we wear what we do and how we wear it can cause such reactions. The fact that the Prime Minister of this country, England, himself, refers to us as post boxes. The fact that we get told to F off back to where we came from. The fact that we get stared at and heads shaken at us in disapproval. The fact that we can't go out on foot because it's just not safe. The fact that we get spoken to as though we don't understand English. The fact that we choose to cover ourselves because we know our own value and that is a perfect example of freedom of choice and bodily autonomy. We get to choose what we do with our body. They may not like this and in fact it's not something that's new. Franz Fanon, the Martinican-born psychiatrist, committed Algerian revolutionary and pan-African thinker, lived until 1961, just after the publication of his last book, The Wretched of the Earth. In the first chapter of this book, The Wretched of the Earth, On Violence, Fanon describes colonialism as a system of absolute violence that can only be opposed through violence. And another very relevant quote from Fanon is in regard to the attire of the Muslim woman, the niqab, which is the face veil, and in response to it being banned. I quote, This woman, who sees without being seen, frustrates the coloniser. Unquote. The irony is that if we look at countries like France, for example, a country where it has been banned to wear the niqab and even the hijab in public in certain places, what and who is being directly affected by a woman choosing to cover her body and face? Are they frustrated that we don't wish to parade naked and over-sexualize our bodies in public? Does it frustrate them that they can't see us, but we can see them? That we don't give them permission to see us and that we have the bodily autonomy and control in this matter. That we are the ones in control. However, they would rather strip us in the name of freedom so that they maintain control. Much like that in the birthroom, in fact. We aren't allowed to choose or we are forced often and coerced into being under their control in an obstetrics form. This notion is reflected in society at large. Muslim citizens continue to experience an equality gap. And I wonder where we can find a bridge or perhaps it's down to us to build it or perhaps it's not. There are lots of hot topics around the question of Muslim identity and these, this topic is connected to inclusion, um, sects in religion, multiculturalism, Islamophobia and even security issues in Britain. For another day, inshallah, 
Jazakallah khair for tuning in. May it be of benefit and may Allah continue to guide and protect us all. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.